0: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. And I'm losing my voice.
1: I just got really distracted by your necklace. I really like it. Oh, it's
0: cute, right? Where'd you get that? I got it at a store in the mall called Sudecca. In Burbank. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sadeka.
1: I know that store. Yeah, my my necklace
0: says The Future is Female on it. It's super
1: cute. Yeah, I I love it. I couldn't
0: pass it up. I live in fear of losing it because I lose all jewelry. That's why I don't wear it.
1: I was thinking about that today. How many nice, like... I lose diamonds, apparently. For yeah. Me. Like, not that I've had a bunch of diamonds, but I got, like, diamond earrings for my 16th birthday. Lost them. Yeah. I got, like, a gold chain with, like, a solitary diamond on it when I was younger, like, in high school. No idea where that is. I yeah. I think I lost it, like, on a plane
0: or something. I actually feel really bad because my parents got me a pair of diamond earrings whenever, like, beautiful diamond earrings. They're, like, kind of dangly, but solitaires on uh-huh. each side and they got them for me when my dad officially adopted me <gasps> like my like a- yeah. adoption present yeah. from like my my dad and so I'm like, oh, that sucks. I have no idea where those yeah, are now. Yeah, that's, that's
1: kind of how mine are, too. They're very, like... Sentimental. Sentimental things. I do have my very first diamond, which was super tiny. And then I have the one that I wear... I've got, like, a thumb ring that I've worn for, like, over 10 years that's got the smallest Oh, I diamond. never even knew there was one in there. I know, right? Like, it's just so tiny. Yeah, I can
0: only ever keep track of this ring that I wear yeah, every day of my life. It's yeah, see- that's
1: how I am. Oh, my yeah. God. That's why I never take off my my grandma's wedding band.
0: Yeah, but it has yeah. to be like like this necklace is not real. Yeah. Gold or gold plated or anything. Right. So every time I take a shower, you have to take it off. Yeah, yeah to turn green, turn exactly. my chest green.
1: All right, um, what should we start with today? We're doing a mini episode, guys. In case you didn't read the title of what you're listening to.
0: So I know that there's really important stuff going on um, with Brett Kavanaugh's hearing and uh, and all of that, but I just have had a really crazy week with work and everything and the holiday weekend and haven't Sometimes really. Sometimes
1: we need to do some episodes that are not.
0: Right, too I just couldn't get. My brain into it this week, but I do have some things that are kind of interesting. Yeah, this one is less of a story story and more of kind of just some cool stuff that California has been doing in the last couple of weeks. They've passed some really cool legislature, oh, tell which me about is really it. interesting. And anytime I can brag on California, I do because I get weirdly defensive. The number of times I've heard people like. Bitch about LA. I'm like, you don't get to bitch about LA because you yeah. don't live here. I I get to bitch about LA. I feel
1: like it's the opposite. Like people that don't live in LA are like, oh my god, you live in Cali. Oh I god, no. I Cali. never.
0: I never get that. I always get like people being like, LA people are the worst. Oh. LA is terrible. um yeah, And so I'm just like, you know what? Fuck you guys because we're doing some stuff right. Mm-hmm. All right. So. California passed a significant amount of legislation in the last week or so. They passed, or we passed, a trio of what I would think are common sense gun laws, gun control laws, but apparently not since it's taken this long for this to happen. So. Uh, one of them is a lifetime ban on owning a firearm if you've been convicted of domestic violence. Yes. Which we've been pushing for. Yes. I know like uh, when we went to the March for Our Lives, it was a big topic yeah. uh, that every town brought up was a, a really big thing that they were trying to get pushed through. Yeah. Makes sense since a lot of shooters have a history of domestic violence it's kind of an escalating behavior. So right. that's fantastic. Good. There's a lifetime ban on people who have been placed on involuntary psychiatric holds twice in one year.
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: So there were already, on both of these things for for this and for domestic abusers, California already had stricter than regular which is really sad, Mm -hmm. regulations on that, but there was a time limit. Like, it would be for, like, a couple of years. You couldn't buy a firearm. But domestic abusers don't magically get better after a couple of years. So a lifetime ban seems appropriate. Yeah. And then they also put a new standard for those trying to contain a concealed weapon permit. So you need, like, they just put a bunch of new things in place if you're trying to get a concealed weapon permit, which already was really hard to do in... California. So uh-huh. it's like eight hours of training. Okay. And they've just made it more difficult. Like there's yeah. a lot more hoops you have to jump through, which again seems like common sense, Makes sense. to get yeah. a firearm. So, exactly. hooray for that. Most likely, Governor Jerry Brown will sign those into law here soon. Lovely. Um, another bill has passed, I thought you would find this interesting, another bill has passed for intersex children.
1: Oh, oh, I read this, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's not an outright ban on corrective yeah. surgery, but it's basically, because a lot of parents of children with ambiguous genitalia yeah. will um, elect to have a procedure to quote-unquote Correct yeah. any of the ambiguity, yeah. and basically decide which gender right. they're going to be, which we've
1: seen, yeah. you know, is very problematic and can create a lot of damage later on for those children who are intersex, especially because a lot of times they don't even their parents don't tell their kids. Yes, yes, which is just really messed up.
0: Yeah, um, and so California while they're not, like, out and out banning it, they are condemning the practice and considering it to be a violation of basic human rights. I love that. So
1: That's going to take a long time, though, I feel like, for the general public to understand.
0: Yeah, but I mean... Because it's just
1: been happening for so long. And
0: I get it, and I get, from a parent's perspective, them being, like, feeling like they're... What they're trying to do is lessen the damage, right? They're trying to just be, like they don't want their kid to get made fun of. They don't want... You go into, like, parent protection mode. Yeah. But what you're doing is you're taking away their agency completely. Exactly. Well,
1: I read something, too, about, like, when they talk about circumcision or, you know, things like that. Yeah.
0: Where... That's a big, big debate.
1: Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can... If it's part of your, like, religion or if it's something that is, like, really strong in your beliefs, like, I don't want to tell you, no, you can't do it. Right. But at the same time, for me personally, like... I don't feel like I should be making that decision, for right? I mean, and,
0: and so much of it has become culturally, like for circumcision, and actually probably for this too. I mean, it's kind of
1: still genital mutilation. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, and
0: it's it's become a cultural thing rather than a religious practice in in most that's cases. That's true. You know.
1: That's a great, great thing. Yeah. About the intersex. Yes. Yeah.
0: The director for Interact, which is Advocates for Intersex Youth, says for the very first time, a U.S. legislative body has affirmatively recognized that intersex children deserve dignity and the right to make decisions about Mm -hmm. their own bodies, just like everybody else. Yep, So that's exciting. Well,
1: and I hope it also it brings down the stigma a little bit, because, you know, we always, we hear about, like, hermaphrodites. Oh, right, and it's, like,
0: scandalous. Oh, yeah, very. And
1: and it was the butt of a lot of jokes, I Mm -hmm. feel like. Yeah. Especially in, like, early 2000s movies and TV shows and things like that. Of course, yeah. And, um... So I like that it's slowly becoming more talked about and normalized because there's nothing it's like people make fun of you for it and it's not,
0: there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? Like Right. I mean and yeah, it's just the way you were born, first yeah. of all. And secondly, we really have moved ahead as a society as far as like separating the sex that you were born with, and your gender, or what it says about you as a person. You know, we're really starting to kind of, like, separate these ideas as we move into more, like, a gender-fluid society.
1: I have so... I'm excited for when we do, like, a gender baby episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's something for me that, like, I'm very interested in.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an... It's such a weird thing because... We've been so conditioned to be, like, boy or girl, so exciting. Like, mm-hmm. what is it, you know? And I bought into that so hard. Oh, yeah. For You know, growing up, of course. And, again, I totally understand that it's coming from a place of, like, love and excitement. Of course. For having a child. But to me, I would feel uncomfortable having one. Like, I would rather just have a completely gender-neutral baby shower. That's yeah. just, like, you know, I'm excited right. to be having a child. Yeah. You know? And exactly. Not- Kind yep, of separating it from I'm that. I'm very
1: excited for us in the future to be speaking more about that. Totes. Totes my goats. Uh, mine's super positive. Do you have anything else that's more
0: on the serious side? Um, Mine is kind of both. It's okay. kind of both. Okay. Okay. So this is kind of both because while the initial intent was bad, I think the reaction to it is good and has started a really good conversation. Sweet. So... Jeffrey Owens, who played Elvin on The Cosby Show. Mm-hmm. So he was like kind of a side character, but regular, regularly on the show. Um, I'll show you a picture later. You'll, you might recognize him. I, I definitely him. recognized him whenever yeah, I Yeah, I loved The
1: Cosby Show.
0: So he was shamed because he now, while he still works as an actor, yeah. he also works at Trader Joe's. Oh. And someone who works at Trader Joe's with him took a picture. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um they took a picture of him yeah. in his Trader Joe's uniform and basically tried to shame him on the internet right. They're by like, being oh, like, oh, he's
1: a has-been or he's like...
0: Right, like somehow it was pathetic for him to have this Trader Joe's job. Right. So while that person is human trash and trying to um, shame him, yeah. the internet came out in like full force support for I him. see that, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. He went on the news he went on the news in his Trader Joe's Name tag and and his Yale hat, love it. And toad, like, cause he went to Yale. Like, this isn't somebody who wouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. Actually, none of that matters. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But it's still. But it's
1: like, look at. I can be all of these things. I can be someone who went to Yale and is a working actor and work at Trader Joe's. You can be all of those things. Well,
0: and I really want to highlight to people. How, because this is one of my biggest pet peeves of my life, is people trying to shame labor jobs. Oh, yeah. It makes me insane. Because yeah. also, I'm sorry, do you shop at Trader Joe's? Because if you do, then you have no right, if you patronize a business, it's the same way I feel about sex work. I was just going to say Yeah, that. With, with men who watch porn, for instance, or women who watch porn, and then shame porn actors. i
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm like you cannot patronize a business mm-hmm. and then disparage the people who work at that business. You cannot go get your McDonald's yeah. and then hate on an employee who hands you your McChicken. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like because you need that employee. Yeah. They are doing or else a you're service to get your McDonald's. Yeah. They're doing a service for you. Yeah. And we have done this whole thing where we think that if you're college educated and you have this that this certain kind of education that you are going to be better off. And that's not the case. No. Our market is flooded with yeah. college graduates. And it's not necessarily going to make you any better than yeah. anybody else. We need to be accepting these labor jobs, encouraging our, our high school youth to look into jobs that aren't necessarily high level business jobs because Well and
1: then in turn that these labor jobs jobs need to be have better pay and right. better benefits. There's other things that go on. But along you know with what? It. There's
0: a lot of labor jobs that do pay well. There if you're, are. If you're mean, in Starbucks, construction.
1: Starbucks, like, if you are in it for the long haul, like, they will, like, take care of you.
0: Well, I mean, and Trader Joe's, too. Like, he yeah. was saying, like, he got this job because he, he still wanted to be an actor. He didn't yeah. want to get out of the game, like so many of us. Yeah. We understand that. Yeah. He didn't want to get out of the acting game. But, and the jobs are coming a little at a time, but they're not. Flooding in, so he needed to do something that allowed him flexibility Uh to be able to work as an actor, but also had a steady paycheck. Had a steady paycheck and had and had medical. Yep. And Trader Joe's had that. Yep. And so he had this really awesome uh, quote where he said, There is no job that's better than another job. It might pay better. It might have better benefits. It might look better on a resume and on paper. But actually, it's not better. Every job is worthwhile and valuable. No one should feel sorry for me. I've had a great life. I've had a great career. I've had a career that most actors would die for. Amen. So no <laughs> one has to feel sorry for me. I'm doing fine. I... Yep. I, I love that because it makes me insane that when I was growing up, so many people were being pushed by their parents to go to college when they weren't ready. Yeah. So you're going into massive, massive debt, having yeah. to make a decision for the rest of your life about what you want to do with your, do. your life at 18 when you're not ready to do it. Yeah. And... Maybe you just wanted to drive a truck, man. Like, maybe you well, just wanted to cut hair. Yeah, I mean, it's That's interesting. That's all fine. It's
1: interesting because, like, my parents, neither of them are college educated, and my dad just kind of worked his way into, like, a high-level job. My mom owned her own business for a long time, and then when I was young, started helping out at my school, and then became a lunch lady. And I had a friend who... Would not hang out with me anymore because I wasn't smart enough for her, and my mom was a lunch lady, and we liked to go to thrift stores. Like she, like straight up.
0: There's so much dignity in all of these. I don't understand. Like you can't. And these are the same people who are going to shame people for being on welfare, and it's like okay, but if these are the jobs they can get, you can't. You can't shame everybody who's not college educated or working a. Or working a high-paying job. And there are people that are
1: college-educated who are on welfare. Like you can also can't, that too because yeah, our, very smart and educated. I feel like people. this
0: mentality where we have this like weird caste system. Yeah. Has totally fucked our economy. Yeah. Because we are running out. It's, we're actually in a crisis for labor jobs right yeah. now because no young person wants to take a labor job.
1: Well, and it's also just one of those things where it's like if that job makes somebody happy and fulfills them, like or serves being their purpose. in food service. Did my mom? That was her love. She loved it. She loved serving kids, and she did Meals on Wheels for elderly yeah. people. Like, that, to her, it just fulfilled her so much. Or even if so it does So, to doesn't... hear somebody say something that was negative about that, like, I always really, like, like, my mom was the cool lunch lady. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go in the back and get some extra food. Like, to me, it was cool, and it was awesome. So, to hear somebody say something so horrible and not be my friend because of Well, you know they it, got that
0: from their parents. Oh, they did. They definitely
1: yeah. did. But it was frustrating because it's, like... Like you said, one job is not better than the other. This is something my mom loved to do. We should be celebrating that and not putting and it And you know what?
0: All, all work is valuable. That's exactly yeah. what he was saying. Like, all work is valuable. It all has value. And sometimes it's not even about loving it, although he seems to have enjoyed his time at Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. It's not always about loving your job. Like, sometimes it is about serving a purpose yeah. and for him this job served a purpose that allowed him to be able to do the thing that he loved yeah. to do which is go on auditions yeah. you know
1: well so, suck it person that tried to make him feel bad yeah because Joke's now you. yeah it
0: totally turned around and I saw
1: like Tyler Perry offered him a job and yeah and, he, he, said and he
0: said something really nice in that interview too where he was like I don't want anyone to give me a job from this because I feel like I haven't earned it but if you yeah. want to give me an audition I'll happily show up to that audition and earn right, that job exactly. like so I hear so we love you Jeffrey love
1: Love it. Okay, this is the most Madigan story I'm ever going to tell. Are you ready?
0: I am ready. That is a high bar. Just <laughs> that I feel
1: like. No, this is the most Madigan thing I'm ever going to talk about okay, on okay, this podcast. Okay, okay, okay. And I'll probably continually talk about this subject. A missing pair of ruby slippers from The Wizard of Oz were recovered by the FBI. You have
0: mentioned this... Before that, these slippers were missing. Yes. on this podcast, and I now they so. and now they have been found. They have been
1: found. They have been missing since two thousand five. Mm-hmm. So, and they are missing from the Judy. They were missing from the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. That How I would go to as a kid. Were they stolen? It was a smash and grab. So they're not giving any details yet. Like this, they, they just got them back, and like it's still like the FBI, like multi-state, like they were looking in San Diego, Missouri, Minnesota. Are they real rubies? No, they're not. Or they're just the rubies? They're the, sequins. They're the ones they're from the... They're satin, the ones from the movie. The movie, okay. So, yeah, the ones from the movie are made um, with satin and then sewn sequins on them. Okay, like,
0: okay. Like, they're
1: not... It's not rubies. I
0: always feel like... Okay, a couple things about this. One, seems like it would be really hard to steal from a museum. I always feel that way. I'm like, This how? is not a
1: typical museum, though. It's, this like, is, open? It's, it's her house. Okay. It's her old house. So, what I think probably happened is that it was such a quick... Move. I mean, I'm surprised there wasn't better security for those shoes because they are worth a million dollars. Well, I mean, I and mean, they're yeah, for a million dollars. Here's the thing.
0: Yeah, that also they're they're expensive. But then, too, i I'm like, what's your goal here? Because well, are you that's trying the thing to? Is that they they
1: don't. They're going to find out the motive. I'm sure they already know a lot of this stuff and aren't sharing it with the Because you're not trying yet. to wear them. Because
0: everyone back then had, like, feet that were, like, two inches Have long. Have you seen
1: Judy Garland's feet at, at uh, are they t- the Chinese are, Theater? No, the are they Ruby teensy slippers? tiny? They're, they're the size of my hand.
0: Yeah, if you go... Okay, listeners. If you are ever in L.A. and you go to the Chinese Theater and you look at these things... Like, Mary Pickford was the first person to yep. put her feet in that... Teeny. Tiny. They're, like... Four inches long, I'm not even yeah, kidding. Yeah, they're really tiny. They're so small. They're really tiny. No, I think it's for
1: notoriety. It's Why does anybody steal anything? It's well, notoriety. It's getting the reward money. Because you could money. resell it's, it.
0: You know what I mean? But the only but way no, you could... But no, if they resold them, exact, everybody would know. But no, I think you could it's for really it notoriety. But you could do it on the black market. That's what people do with That's like high pay, with like high paint with really expensive paintings. If they manage yeah. to do like a... Uh, they break into the Met and they still like a a, a painting they sell it on the black market to a a buyer who's like super rich who just wants to have it in their house but that doesn't sound like no I think this was more so for notoriety
1: okay um, I mean, we don't know yet. I, you know, guys, to be continued. Obviously, we'll so, be updating you. Yeah. Sure. So the shoes were recovered during an undercover operation in Minneapolis after a year-long investigation following a tip from the Grand Rapids police that they received last summer. The FBI got involved when it was clear that it would have to cross state lines. This the tipster called the company it was insured from, saying he could that he had quote information about the shoes and how they could be returned. Okay. Which, to me, seems like it's probably Did that Did you take the right? shit? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, according to the FBI, it became apparent that, that those involved were, in reality, attempting to extort the owners of the slippers. So, who actually
0: owns them? Like
1: uh this guy where is it Michael Shaw the shoes belong to a man named Michael Shaw who loaned them to the museum for a 10 week period in 2005
0: um do you know how pissed I would be if I loaned my most valuable possession to a museum and they lost it I'm like you had
1: one job yeah he said to the Duluth News Tribune sorry guys if I'm talking funny tonight I've been stumbling over my words all day me too I feel like I have marbles in my mouth it's just weird uh, so Shaw told Duluth News Tribune at the time that they, that of the theft that it was his worst nightmare. Like, yeah, you trusted real. them. I mean, People ask me that all the time, like, what would you do if you had the ruby slippers? I, I've i even said, I'm like, I would put them in a museum or I would put them in my house and I would never touch them. I would just look at them. Yeah, and probably even then, cry. I, I would probably cry. You
0: know, here's the thing. I don't think I ever want to own anything that expensive no. because I or that like um, not expensive. Clearly,
1: we lose diamonds again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> truly. How do we start we're the, this episode? The
0: last people who should have anything <laughs> of that kind of like, um, but yeah, not even that it's expensive, but it's so meaningful because to me, I am never going. I would be paranoid for the rest of my life. I'd be so worried yeah. that those. They, they I would get never stolen. leave my house. Yeah.
1: So, in 2015, on the 10-year anniversary of the theft, an anonymous fan offered a $1 million reward for the return of the slippers. So, this is one of the problems. So, through the years, people have contacted the FBI saying, we found the shoes, and it's really like the other shoes, because there was a bunch of them. It's not like it's one pair. And um, are they all worth 1000000 million? They're all worth, yeah. Because they all worn? They're all worn worth the same. Yeah. Okay. Or at least as, like, worn at some point, mm-hmm. or made, I mean, at, literally, even if they weren't actually worn by Judy Garland, but they were made by these people, like, it's right. still a huge part of mm-hmm. history, you know? So, there were so many replicas that they had to, like, uh, compare them to all the other ruby slippers to make sure that they were legit, and that they were the actual ones. So, they actually looked at shoes from the Smithsonian, to see that it was the same, because it says Judy Garland on the inside. Right, yeah. The same material, made, you know, the same style, same way. And um, yeah, there's been a lot of like reproductions too that people have made. So, like, they could find these slippers and it could easily be somebody else's shoes that they Mm -hmm. made police chief johnson thanked the fbi who he said worked relentlessly on the case and called the shoes an enduring symbol of power and belief and for me that's something that i feel like the movie is in general like for me like that movie means so much more to me than just a movie it symbolizes so much childhood belief and wonder and magic yeah so the reality of getting through really horrible things and then finding your way on the other side yeah and so the fact that this story is kind of becoming full circle is really wonderful for me um i've already gotten a few people sending me this article which makes me really happy that people i haven't seen in years still think of me whenever they when I really of see anything the yeah that's sweet yeah, so that was my exciting news story for the week. And that was the only one I cared enough about to write down. Hooray. So, yeah. So,
0: definitely update us whenever we have more info. I will. I want to know about the motive. Me the, too. And the theft I, that's, itself. That's always me. I want to know the ins and outs of this crime. Because yeah. that's a pretty big crime to pull off for that long. It's insane. Yeah.
1: I actually did see uh, the ruby slippers and her costume. A couple years ago at the LACMA, Mm -hmm. they had a whole costume museum. But not these rubies. Not these, no. (laughs) I mean, we'd have to check. No, but they were put like inset in a wall. With like heavy duty glass, and they were lit, and it was really nice. And then, but the, oh yeah, and LA museums don't costumes, fuck around with no, security. some of the costumes too. Well, yeah, security, but like there just velvet ropes sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Whenever I went to the Broad, which if you're ever in LA, go to the Broad. It's the best. Like it's an art museum. It's like a, a modern art museum. It's mm-hmm. so cool. But when I was there, there was a lot of exhibits that were kind of like open. Like, but you could touch them, but people. then, yeah, there's, like, three people at every... Yeah. Th- there it are was people
1: I saw her costume. It was just... It was just out. It wasn't encased in anything, and it was there, and it was the most amazing thing that I think I've ever experienced in my entire <laughs> life. I will never forget it. <laughs> Do you have a panic attack? Do you have Chris a hi- t- hyperventilate? I did, not I just started crying. I just <laughs> sat down, and I literally stared at it and wanted to, like, memorize every detail that I could see, because I've read about the costumes, and I know so much about it, and I just wanted to look at everything, and understand it and Chris took us I think for like our second anniversary or something like that and it was like the best the best thing ever that's nice yeah it was great he just like walked around did his thing I just sat there for I think probably a half an hour
0: he's like I'm gonna leave you alone
1: yeah he just like looked at the other costumes <laughs> take some and time stuff. but that was all I, I mean it was cool to see all the other costumes but for me like that was the one that I really yeah. cared the most about yeah and it was it was A truly, like, a religious experience for me. It was amazing.
0: Well, maybe now you get to see these ones sometime soon. (laughs)
1: Not that
0: I would love to go
1: back to the Judy Garland Museum in Grand Rapids one day, but those shoes are never going to go back there.
0: Oh, God, no. If I was (laughs) that guy, never out of my sight again. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Those are getting locked in a vault. I won't even see those shoes. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Should we read some Sister Solidarity
1: stories? I think we should, yes. We could probably even read two, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. All right. The title of this email is Sister Solidarity Story, Sort Of. Hi, Keegan and Madigan. First off, you ladies are amazing. Oh, my god. Oh, my God. End of email. I'm just right, kidding. Yeah, and we're done here. <laughs> Good night. You both are so genuine, and I'm thankful for the real talk. I've never been a podcast listener, but when this came up on my Spotify list, I couldn't resist. I've been hooked since the beginning of February 2018. I'm a runner, and I love listening during my long runs because the more you talk about different feminist issues, the more heated I get and the faster I run. I Oof. should
0: try something like that. Right? Yeah, maybe it it's would motivate like me to actually work out. Something to like piss you off.
1: I signed up for cardio bar today.
0: Ooh, oh my god, you're gonna die!
1: I know I'm gonna die, but I'm really excited. It, it's fun, but you will also die. Okay. I'm excited to die. Okay, my boyfriend and I have known each other for about eight years now. We went to college together at a Christian university in Michigan, but didn't start dating until two years ago. Aww. Mm-hmm. We both grew up in a conservative Christian home and never questioned the morals or beliefs within it. A couple years before we started dating, I solidified my feminist stance and really started my own beliefs. I developed a strong understanding of feminism, why it was important, and how I could live it out with my Christian faith. Not easily done when you look at who claims Christianity in the news. It is not easily done. Not easy at all. When Cody and I started dating, it became really clear to him that feminism was important to me, and we had a lot of deep discussions surrounding the topic. It became even more clear that he was not a fan. Don't Uh worry. Don't worry. This is the happy story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. He would put his foot in his mouth a lot and say things that I was not okay with. Then we would talk about why it wasn't okay to say that. His response were usually something like, I don't understand why that is a feminist issue, or why can't we call it gender equality if it's not about pushing men down. He never asked me with anger or frustration, but more confusion. He had only heard of feminism in the bra-burning, man-hating way. Man-hating feminism is not feminism.
0: Yeah, but Bye-bye. I I totally get that because no, totally, I get it too. I just thought it interject. sounds like Cody grew up in a similar household as me, and that is yeah, that is how it was framed. Yeah. yeah. Did she say his name? Didn't she, or did I just make that up?
1: Oh no, you're right. Okay. No. Okay. (laughs) Fast forward about six months into our relationship, and we were head over heels in love. Unnecessary detail, but what can I say? I love him. Girl, I feel you. (laughs) He had just come home from a weekend at his friend Tyler's house. Tyler is married, and he and his wife are definitely on the right side of the political spectrum, and were brought up similar to the way we were at home. Wonderful people that I just don't agree with on some things. The first thing that Cody said to me when I asked him how his weekend turned out, he was like, we had a talk about feminism, and I explained to them what it meant to be a feminist. I think that means I am one, too. Aww. Yay! That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. My heart burst with love, and I could hardly contain myself. Cody doesn't claim to know everything. He often admits he's wrong, as do I, but to hear him finally start to understand this huge part of my life was the most memorable moment in our relationship. He still says the wrong things sometimes, and he isn't always sensitive when it comes to feminist issues, but he is learning, open, and honest, and that means more to me than anything that is so beautiful it is i love that the biggest lesson i took away was this it may take some time but have compassion with people who don't get it feminism right away it won't be easy for society to change their patriarchal views but keep talking about those issues with empathy and kindness and we will continue to empower others through that i know this was long but i've been waiting to i've been wanting to tell this story for a while now <gasps> Feel free to share any and all of this with names. I've already changed them. <laughs> there you go. Okay, great. <laughs> And with that, I encourage you ladies to rage on. Awesome. I love that story because it says sister solidarity sort of, but I think that's incredibly a sister solidarity story in, this, in the like way that we mean it. Yeah. Where, you know, we are all for men being feminists and learning more about women's issues and feminist issues.
0: So well, I think it's just being a huge Like, at this point, I'm just like... We call it feminism, yes, because it's not mainstream in our in our society, in our culture. But like, it should just be basic being a human being. You know what I mean? It's just like having empathy. That's truly what it is. It's just like having empathy for everybody and everybody's struggles and wanting everyone to feel equal and comfortable.
1: Yeah, but I think it's something for men, even in this day and age, that they shy away from. or of course. feel like it's not for them yeah. or don't understand. So the fact that he, you know, says the wrong thing and puts his foot in his mouth, I mean, most men in my life do that. And I will, you know, sometimes, you know, when it's appropriate or if I feel close to that person and I don't want to, like... You know, I'm not going to be at a party and be like, fuck you, and like start no, I mean, having a feminist rant, and but...
0: I think that's exactly, I mean, to her point, to our, our listeners' point, I think that that's exactly the point, is yeah. because I think people on both sides, including within the feminism spectrum or people yeah. who claim feminism or people who are progressives or on the left, I think Sometimes the urge is to just be reactionary.
1: Yeah. And when it's better to do it in more of like a contained setting, have a real meaningful conversation
0: and have a back and forth with that person instead of spewing it at them. And and do understand that while you do not have to take on the emotional labor of educating anybody, Mm-mm. um you can also even if you don't want to deal with it and you don't want to educate them, also just understand that different people grew up differently. I see yeah. it a lot here where people grew up in such a progressive bubble that they don't understand that l- truly, truly people who grew up conservative in the Midwest, yeah. it's going to take them longer yeah. to undo.
1: And, and also that it doesn't make them bad people. No. That they think differently. Right. I mean, it, it might take in a very them... Protective, Yeah. Yeah. And also, I like the fact that she's okay with him making mistakes. And learning. And learning. Because and he's shown a he's, willingness to learn. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. That he's willing to learn, I think, is really amazing. So, yeah. congrats to Cody, whatever your real name is. Yeah. We majorly applaud you. And congrats to Monica for being such a great girlfriend and... Uh, sharing your passions with somebody, even when they don't necessarily agree with them right away. Yeah, thanks thanks for
0: writing in. We appreciate it. All right, we got one more here. Okay, thank you. Hello, Madigan and Keegan. I wanted to share my sister solidarity story with you. I've been in the Navy for over six years, and I can never forget my first real taste of shipboard life. I was a newbie and had just moved on to a new home. At the time, I was living on the boat while in port, and the birthing I was in was separated from the bathroom by a creepy hallway. Mm. Ooh! After a long day, I decided to wind down and take a rare warm shower. That's kind of hard to say. Rare yeah, warm shower. Rare
1: warm shower.
0: While showering, I noticed something odd. Someone was recording me <gasps> on their phone <gasps> from above the shower stall. Nope, shut up. Shut up. After yelling profanities, I <laughs> attempted to catch the woman, but she was too fast and escaped uh. into the creepy hallway filled with men. Uh. Oh! Oh! my God. On the edge of my seat, I'm sweating right now. Um, what's worse is the woman in the bathroom just stared at me like I was insane and told me it was unfortunate. What? Oh. Wait, what was the, the fact that she happened to be in the shower while I'm, she was... I'm wondering if this is another woman who was in the bathroom that was just like, sorry. Oh. I don't know. Um, this is
1: the opposite of Sister Solidarity
0: I I have a feeling it's gonna turn around it's gotta turn around I hope Um, when I got up in the morning I told one of the girls I worked with she was amazing there you go she investigated all the women we lived and marched Uh, lived with and marched me down to the security office to report it I was new and in a foreign country away from everyone I knew she took me in and made sure that everyone that needed to know what happened knew yeah she was the exact person I needed at that time yes after everything she did no one really cared about what happened ugh I'm sure my report ended up in the trash because I didn't even get a follow-up to make sure I was fine. Oh, my God. It's really awful to think that this hasn't just happened to me and that situations like this are taken so lightly in the place you work, sleep, and eat in. God, awful. Awful. What is good is that I've had the pleasure of meeting so many strong, wonderful women in the military, and they've made all the terrible situations livable. I also want to add that I'm currently working with all men, and your podcast is my after work cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to remain anonymous. Forever raging. Oh, <laughs> honey. Like, listen, I think we need to have an entire episode about the... I come from a military family. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in Navy ROTC. I went to boot camp. I did all of that stuff. Um, and I know how much of like a boys club culture it can be. Well,
1: that's what's so fucked up is that she says it was a woman who was doing it. And it's right. So but women
0: are so pressured in that environment to be exactly, part of the boys club. Exactly. Yeah. And,
1: and you don't know what for me, I would be so scared of what was going to happened with that video or whatever she did because we know from the culture that we've grown up in that when you see a video of a naked girl in the shower we're shaming that person not the person who took the video
0: you know what I mean and like to me
1: that's just like the scariest part of it
0: right um Definitely, and also what's really scary and sad, and I hope changes sometime soon, but who knows if it will. Honestly, something that you and I should do, similar to what we did with the red pill, is watch, there's a movie called... um, Gosh, I can't remember. It's not The Hunting Ground, because that's the one about the sexual assaults on campus, Mm. but there is a documentary all about sexual assaults that happen in the military. Let's do it. Because so often... Because of the way the military is structured, where you have to go up a chain of command yeah. rather than going to police or whatever, yeah. they will just crush it. Like yeah, they'll, they'll just bury it. Away it. And it's done. Yeah, 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 and it's done. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank I'm you. I'm so glad that in the midst of all of that, at least you had one ray of kindness and empathy yeah. and somebody who could be there for you through yeah. something so sensitive and difficult. Um, I'm really, really sorry that happened to you. And you I'm too. really sorry that the reaction was bad i know i know how tough that can be i oh. have a lot of female family members who were in the military yeah and it's not easy it no. is not easy to be a woman in the military Isn't
1: so it?
0: yeah so we totally like appreciate you writing in
1: and i just feel incredibly honored that we would be your your cleanse yeah that made me feel really good Thank yeah you. that's amazing King in um, yes we did it. We did it. I'm did very hot and sweaty in here. I feel surprisingly okay. Maybe because you have a fucking robe. Right I know, on I know, but you see... And I, you're in
0: pants. I oscillate between... These are the thinnest pants ever, but I oscillate between being, like, too cold and too hot at all times. I've
1: recently learned to love the word oscillate.
0: Oscillating? I just
1: really like it. I think it's because I watched the um, the Netflix special Elder Millennial with... I think it's the last Oh, she, yeah. She was, like, the oscillating, like, baby leg... She's oh, like, I haven't watched g- that one. Oh, it's so funny. She's I don't so really, hit
0: or miss for me. Yeah, her earlier
1: stuff, I'm like meh. But this recent one is it's great. All right, me and Chris watched it. I'll both, watch it. Yeah, I
0: love comedy. It. I love yeah. comedy stand up specials, so I'm in. Just not Louis C.K. comedy specials. No, <laughs> I'm, he ruined it. You <laughs> he ruined, ruined it. it.
1: All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much, and thank you to the two women who wrote into us. Please send us more. It yeah, really, these were really great stories.
0: I loved getting them. Thank you. Incredible
1: stories. If you've been thinking about something to send in and you haven't yet, like, this is your time. Yeah. Just send it in. Your Even time if, is now. Your time is now. Even if you, like, don't don't judge yourself because I know I do that too. I'm like, oh, my story is not good enough or what I have to say isn't good enough. Just send us something. We're going to love it and we're going to want to talk about it.
0: Yeah, and if you... Um, if you want to remain anonymous, of course. Just put that in the, yes. the email that you want to remain anonymous. And we we never really reveal names unless it's specifically signed. Yes, and know? we go
1: through editing, and if we realize that we slipped on something, we always fix it. So if you're worried about staying anonymous, do not worry at all. You are in good hands. Um, I want to remind you guys that your rates and reviews on iTunes are always really appreciated. We do Reviews Day Tuesday every Tuesday. Uh, where we kind of put a different review in the spotlight and it really really helps us out business wise i want to remind you guys again to listen on radio public because that helps us out a lot as well yes yes um other than that if you want to email us a story our email is neighborhoodfeminist at com, or you can send it to us on instagram at angry neighborhood feminist you can find us on facebook we've got a group and a business page um what am I missing uh twitter Twitter. Our Twitter handle is YAMF Podcast, YANF Podcast, Y A N F Podcast. I've really been trying to get better about it. I'm hit or miss, but I'm trying. What else? I think that's it. I think, I that's think it we too. covered all our bases. Yeah. This was a
0: very productive What's in the News episode. We it just was. got right to it. it really yeah. was. I'm
1: proud of us. Me, okay. too. We did good. We did it. All right, you guys. And with that being said, we
0: encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on. Bye.